0: I love that you can move them easily. They make my workspaces much more flexible. I like how quiet they are.
1: I can sit inside and feel all calm, but still feel part of what's going on around me.
0: I like what they cost. They're talking about Nook, the award-winning, wellness-certified family of pods, booths, and shelters which make a workplace more flexible and more inclusive. Go to nookpod.com to find out more.
1: Welcome back to the Work Bowl podcast, where we chat with the leaders in commercial real estate to answer all questions, space as a service. This podcast is for anyone involved in commercial real estate in any way. If you're an investor, fund manager, developer, property manager, agent, or broker, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I'm your host, Caleb Parker, and this is Episode 4 of Season 6, sponsored by TSK. But first, wow. Just wow. You may have seen on my LinkedIn that the Workbo Podcast has just been ranked in the top 1% of all business podcasts globally. I'm so pumped and grateful for all the support we've had over these six seasons. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. Yes, even you, Pontius Kilman, listening in your sauna right now in Finland. Thank you so much. What an insightful episode ahead. I'm joined by Tracy Hawkins, Vice President of Real Estate and Workplace and Remote Experience at Twitter. Tracy has loads of experience across corporate real estate for the last 15 years and is one of the leading voices on LinkedIn and Twitter about the future of work. In this episode, we talk about company culture, creating environments where people feel taken care of, and workplace choice. Tracy shares some interesting insights on how Twitter has embraced remote work and how they approach that with their global teams to ensure everyone feels supported and connected to Twitter's culture no matter where they choose to work. I asked Tracy what the future of work looks like at Twitter and how that affects the evolution of their real estate portfolio. Finally, Tracy shares her best advice for organizations implementing flexible work policies. The key takeaway here in this episode, culture is key. As always, if you have any questions or feedback on this episode or topics you won't cover, hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Caleb underscore Parker or DM me on LinkedIn. Before we kick this off, I want to give you a heads up that there's a holiday announcement at the end of this episode. So listen to the end to find out what's up. I think now is a good time for some insights from our headline sponsor, TSK.
0: You can see in the future that there might be a shift from out of town to in town because of travel. And therefore actually if people are working in a more fluid way, actually how do you support much more peaks and troughs in terms of population usage of a workplace in a different way? There have been many sort of common parallels between all of our clients. Many of them are looking at how do we work? Where do we work? What is the compelling advantage of the office? How does it link to the themes that make the office or connecting people powerful? It's not about process work anymore. It's not about managing calls or coming together to do simple tasks is about doing complex tasks together.
1: For more insights from TSK, check out their documentary in the link in the show notes below or visit tskgroup.co.uk. Now, without further ado, Jeff, let's kick it. Welcome back to the Work Bowl podcast. I'm your host, Kayla Parker, and today I'm joined by Tracy Hawkins, Vice President of Real Estate and Workplace and Remote Experience at Twitter. Tracy has been active in all aspects of corporate real estate and facilities management for over 15 years. Her skills encompass project management, design and construction, leasing and transactions, workplace operations, and, of course, the remote experience. With international experience leading corporate real estate teams in the film, fashion, and technology sectors, notably previously Yahoo! for seven years, Tracy has been leading Twitter's real estate teams for the last eight years, joining them to lead their EMEA and APAC real estate and workplace teams in 2013. And then moving from Dublin, Ireland to San Francisco in 2014 to head up their design and construction team during a period of explosive growth, which ultimately led to her returning from maternity leave to assume leadership of their global real estate and workplace team in March of 2016. Seems like ages ago now. (laughs) Tracy is now responsible for all workplaces at Twitter, be that in an office or remote, and her goal is to ensure their employees have the choice and agility to do their very best work, regardless of geography. Tracy's married to Grant. They have a five-year-old daughter. She's on the boards of Blue Bear School of Music and Twitter Foundation, that's Tracy, not her five-year-old daughter, and has been an active member of Cornet for over 10 years, both in London and the Bay Area. Welcome to the Work Bowl podcast, Tracy.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here.
1: Well, it is my pleasure. I've become a big fan of yours on social media. You're one of the leading voices in the future of work conversation on LinkedIn and Twitter, obviously, often engaging in healthy debate and sharing how Twitter is evolving beyond hybrid working in the workplace. You regularly host discussions on Twitter spaces around diversity and inclusion, and you're seemingly winning at recruitment because of your flexible working policies. And I want to dive into these important topics during this chat, but my first question for you, Tracy, is can you help me get a blue check next to my name?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I would love one too, so we'll have to work on that. I feel like it's something that happens in a secret room that I don't know about in one of our offices. So let me get on that. I'll see what I can do.
1: (laughs) Okay, well, obviously (laughs) I'm kidding, but my first real question is, What was Twitter's flexible working policy before COVID?
0: Well, so we had a flexible work program, actually, which we rolled out 18 months before the pandemic because we were working towards becoming more diverse and ensuring that employees could work outside of the U.S. and that we grew our remote population, or as we like to call them, work from home, because remote kind of makes it sound like there's a center of gravity and those folks were on Mars somewhere. So growing that work from home piece was really important to us to retain all the amazing folks that we had, but also to be able to have access to talent all over the world. It's not just in the US. And so I think we were well placed before the pandemic came along to really flex a little bit when we went to full company work from home, but we were really actively trying to be more flexible, both in terms of where folks could work and how they could work before the pandemic.
1: Well, it sounds like you guys were way ahead of the curve and basically were ready for the pandemic if it came, but I'm certainly very curious about what we've experienced the last 18 months. What's the biggest learning or takeaway that you guys have learned from going through this crazy time?
0: I would say the biggest learning for us is definitely that flexible work's here to stay, that it's not a perk anymore. It's an expectation for employees. I'd say along with that, that remote work was hard before. We've got an insight now with us all working from home that we really just weren't well set up to provide a level playing field in terms of access to our culture, interesting work and career opportunities. And now with us all being in work from home mode, it's really made us double down on thinking about how we make that better and how we ensure equality across the company. So everything from async work, doubling down on async work, which honestly benefits us as a company in terms of us being more global because everyone's not in the same time zone but also being intentional around how we collaborate. So when we come back into the offices and some folks are in a meeting room and some are working from home, having an experience where we're not all dialing in through the room and folks see these dots in a distance in the meeting room, but we use our laptops to dial through and we remain those kind of blocks on the screen so that everyone is the same size. And it kind of denotes that equal participation in meetings. So I think our biggest learning, our biggest takeaway is definitely that things have changed now. This is a massive shift. It's not going back. And if we go back to our offices and revert to the old behaviors, it's not going to be successful. I can tell you, Caleb, when we look at our remote contingency now at Twitter, our population, it's about 800 people. And that's bigger than a lot of our offices. So we really need to be thoughtful about how we devise new processes and how we move forward and everything that we do, we have to be inclusive of people who are working from home because they're a big amount of our population now.
1: So what I'm hearing is before the pandemic, you guys were embracing flexible working. Throughout the pandemic, it's helped you guys move forward without maybe skipping a beat, but you've leaned in more to flexible working. I guess my question for you though is, has your policy changed as a result of your learnings now?
0: I think it's more that we've evolved our policies to be more inclusive and we've expanded where people can work from. Obviously, there are things, legal aspects that you have to take into account as you set up business entities in different locations. But I think we've just grown the direction we were going in rather than drastically changed anything. And I think us all experiencing work from home will make us more inclusive because we've all had that firsthand experience. So Maybe we've made tweaks
1: and we're being more intentional about how we work. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. I've been a hybrid worker a flexible worker for over a decade now, and I didn't really skip a beat, but I know that a lot of my team members used to go into the office. It wasn't as easy for them, but coming out of the pandemic, now we're all sort of working in this hybrid capacity, you know, to the extent that we can. And it's been a learning process, but it's made our lives better. But As a a company, uh, you know, I hear people often say that you can't manage company culture when everyone's not in the office every day. So I'm curious, how does Twitter manage your company culture when everyone's not in the office every day? Well,
0: yeah, I mean, there's a lot of talk about culture at the moment. And one thing I want to say is that if your culture was kind of crappy beforehand, it's not going to get easier when everybody's working from home. For me, culture is something that you have to be intentional about. You know, you have to put a lot of thought into it. You have to think about, when you bring people together and what you bring them together for. Company culture isn't about brick and mortar and offices. It's about common values, clear goals, ensuring you're inclusive and you have empathy with your employees. Again, thinking about that access to career growth and meaningful work is all part of making people feel an equal part of the company. It's about treating people as humans and understanding that they have a life outside of work. And if you look after people, and treat them as individuals and you're thoughtful about your remote program and your in-office experience and hybrid approach, I feel like the cultural aspect kind of takes care of itself. Our company at Twitter, we have brought in over the last year or so, company days of rest. And that is where the entire company downs tools. No one works and folks just take a bit of time for themselves. And that's an acknowledgement that during the pandemic, it's been a very tough time. You know, like folks, mental health has suffered. And I'm really glad that we're talking more about mental health, to be honest. We've had more transparency from our leadership and they've been intentional around sharing goals and sharing, you know, more around the company mission. We've increased benefits for everybody working from home to be able to set up their own workspaces and we have what's called a productivity allowance. And then we've really tried to think about the individual challenges that folks have had to deal with, whether it's parents with children at home. We set up a benefit called Camp Twitter which was a partnership with OutSchool, where we had 30,000 classes for children on demand, everything from arts and crafts to STEM subjects to story times to all sorts of things to really help our parents deal with their workloads and balancing their lives to things like, you know, there's been some things going on in the world over the last couple of years around politics and the terrible racial like the murder of George Floyd and things like that are going to impact how your employees show up at work. And so you have to acknowledge those things. You have to be supportive. You have to give those communities space to talk about those things. And so you'll learn if you haven't already that everything at Twitter is bird related. And so we do something called Flock Talk, where different communities can talk about, you know, what's going on in the world. And that is good in two ways. One, they get to talk about and be heard in terms of what's important to them. It's also an educational aspect for folks outside of those communities to really understand and gain empathy and become allies. And I think all of those things combined together, more async work, giving people room to have those mental health breaks. We have access to Modern Health app, which helps folks with coaching around how they're handling their workload and get one-on-one sessions. It's all of those things on top of people giving people choice around how they work, where they work, treating them like adults, around how often they come into the office and when they want to come into the office in the future. Those are the things that are going to nurture your culture. It's having a commitment to employees every day that you care about them, that you're giving them the tools and the trust that they need. And those are the things that are going to build the culture. It's not about ping pong tables in the offices anymore. You know, It's about what are we doing for our employees to make them feel like human beings and to make them feel like they're cared
1: about. Yeah, no, I agree with that a hundred percent. I know there's been a lot of companies that have tried to offer free lunch to get people to announce their work return to office policies, offer them free lunch. And you know, I, I really appreciate our mutual friend Dave Kearns over in Canada talking about what we need is empathy, not free lunch, or people want to feel like their leadership has their back, making them feel welcome and taken care of. I'm on the same page with you there. And I think this conversation around why we should embrace work from anywhere or hybrid policies has been focused on what you could lose and the negative aspects of whether if you do it, it's going to affect your culture in a negative way, or if you don't do it, it's going to make people feel like you're not caring about them. But I want to talk about the positive side of it for a moment. I'd be curious to hear about what you think are the biggest benefits to embracing work from anywhere or hybrid. Why shouldn't companies embrace this?
0: So I think there's so many upsides to it. For example, you know, in times gone by before we really thought about diversifying and having more locations and being more flexible outside the US, I would have amazing colleagues who would, for whatever reason, want to move somewhere else, whether it's to support a family member or to go back to their home where they're originally from. And because we didn't have an office there, we'd be like, okay, then, well, thanks, bye. And I kind of look back on that and think that's Crazy, isn't it? Now, knowing everything that we know and everything we've been through over the past couple of years, the fact that we can now allow and enable folks to work from anywhere, although, you know, there are some limitations with that. We have to think about some of the kind of legal side of things, but a much bigger pool of places that folks can work from. I mean, that's going to be great for attention. It's going to be amazing for the talent pools that opens up, the inclusivity piece that we've spoken about already. And again, just empowering employees to have choice and feel like they have a company that cares about them and is on a journey with them you know, throughout their life, not just there for the times that it works for the company to be in a specific location where there's a specific office, but the ability to be able to support employees. Just think about, you know, even from a business perspective, the loyalty that that builds up knowing that your company cares about you and cares about you in a more holistic, rounded way than just a person that
1: turns up into the office every day and does the job that they need them to do. A hundred percent. And it makes me think about, you know, when PwC just announced recently that they're enabling work from anywhere for hundreds of thousands of employees. All of a sudden that puts pressure, in my opinion, on EY because now anybody that's really good at EY, if they want the flexibility, if EY doesn't provide it, well, there you go. A massive opportunity for companies to recruit on some of the social channels. I've seen you advertise your roles in being flexible working. Has that helped your recruitment?
0: Yes, definitely. I mean, even people within my own team, I now have that aren't in San Francisco. You know, the person that leads sustainability for us is based out of Dublin. We have folks all over the place and I agree with what you're saying, people will have a choice now and they will vote with their feet and they'll go to the places that most align with their values and the direction they want their lives to go in. And a lot of that is going to be choice around how they want to work. And you'll see companies in the same industries who are needing to attract the same talent. And I believe, although I don't have a crystal ball, I just feel common sense tells me, that the ones that win on talent will be the ones that are able to give the employees the choice that they need. And that show, I think it's even more than that, it's showing trust, you know, showing trust in their employees to make good decisions, empowering them to work from wherever makes them feel most productive on that day and give them choices. You know, we're not telling our employees, you need to now work from home more, or you now need to be in the office more. It's like, just work how you feel is working best for you that day, given the job that you have. The office, we're going to set up in a different way to before the pandemic, different zones focused on different types of work. But hey, it may be that day it's just better for you to work from home for whatever reason or you just prefer to work from home. So really, it's just for us about giving the ultimate amount of choice that we can. And I think companies that take that approach are going to see employees that I really appreciate it.
1: I love that you said vote with their feet. Uh, That's one of my favorite new hashtags these days, hashtag vote, vote with your feet.
0: We love a hashtag.
1: (laughs) Definitely, 100%. But I like what you also say. You know, it's in the keyword choice is something I've been banging on about for a long time. And it's been this debate about return to office or versus work from home or work from anywhere. But that's not the debate. It's about choice versus no choice. And, you know, I think there's some companies that give their teams just one tool, an office to work from. While other companies like Twitter is giving the plus emoji I like to use a lot. You're giving them several tools and the ability to choose which one to use on the best day is going to help them do their best work. I think that's the future of work. And, you know, it's the benefits you talk about. I was wondering if you were going to talk about the cost savings. But in reality, it's not a real estate cost savings focus. Maybe that is a result in some companies. But in your case, you guys just signed a new lease for 66,000 right. square foot in Oakland. So... Clearly, remote work or hybrid working doesn't mean that you're not going to use offices. But I am curious, what is the impact of Work From Anywhere on Twitter's real estate portfolio?
0: My honest answer right now is that we don't know. Because our offices, we are open to kind of business critical staff or folks that really, really just need to come into an office. But we're not fully wholesale open just yet. So there's going to be a period of us watching, seeing how employees work, seeing what they need in our spaces until we know exactly how much space we need. But on top of that, we continue to grow. You know, Twitter's doing really well. We're adding headcount. And so it'd be super premature for us to get rid of space or repurpose space before we actually even see how folks are going to use it and keeping in mind that we're bringing on new employees, you know. There's still a ton of interest from our employees to come into an office. I'm asked all the time, when are we reopening? I really want to be in the office. This is just what suits me. And when we did our pulse surveys and we do regular pulse surveys, 80% of our employees said they wanted to be in an office two to three days a week. So that's still pretty hefty demand and folks want to come in. We didn't have an office in Oakland. We have a lot of employees there. And so that was a logical next step for us to get a space there. They're super excited to come in and see each other. But again, what we'll see there is they'll spend some time at home and they'll spend some time in the office seeing each other. Both will be valid types of work that we encourage equally you know we want folks to have that choice but it's really interesting I think at the start of the pandemic there was everyone went to work from home and there was this whole oh my god you know work from home is the future everyone's gonna do it. and the office is dead and I was a little bit skeptical around going to such a pendulum swing and then six months in everyone or a lot of people I shouldn't say everyone a lot of people felt, oh my goodness, I'm over this. You know, I'm sick of staring at these four walls. I'm here with my dog and my family and whatnot. It was really, really tough. And Or maybe I just need that physical separation of work and home. And I honestly Bill Caleb, like remote work or working from home has had a bad rep as well because you're a person that works from home, but you wouldn't be imprisoned in your house 24-7. Yeah. Normally you'd be going to a coffee shop or meeting friends and mixing it up and that type of thing. So I also think we just need to come back to a place of balance. The extreme ends, the pendulum will suit some people, no doubt. Some people will come into the office every day. Some people will work from home all the time. But I do think for Twitter, at least, most people want to come into the office for a few days a week or a couple of days a week. And so for me, it's about providing choices, balance watching, seeing how people use the space, analyzing data. We're going to have sensors in our space to see not only how often people are coming in and for what length of time, but like what types of spaces are they using? We're going to have spaces that are dedicated to focus, to collaborative and to social and people will be able to book them on an app rather than being chained to one desk. So we're really going to analyze how people use the space when they come in. But... We're all about balance and choices, you know, and really just enabling our folks to do the very best work of their careers, however they choose to do it. And we're just going to keep watching and iterating and seeing how much space we need. It could be, you know, the other thing I think as well is people were so used to being crammed in before the pandemic. You know, after a pandemic, they might not want to sit so closely together and they might want a little bit more space when they come into the office, you know, so it's a watching and
1: wasting thing for us. I loved how you're talking about the different work settings and getting giving people the choice of to move around. And I think from on a day-to-day basis, working from home or coming into the office or on an hourly basis, sometimes moving between work settings and different floors Mm -hmm. just to get a change of scenery. Sometimes when I'm working on one task and I'm really focused, as soon as I complete that task, I need a mental break. 10 minutes maybe. And I just step Mm -hmm. away and go into my, if I'm working from home, go into the living room. If I'm in the office, I'll just pop down and grab a coffee and then come back. So it's nice to be able to have those choices within the footprint. Well, obviously if... People are coming in two to three days a week, they're coming in because you have a good culture, they feel taken care of by the company, and you're providing them with the services and the hospitality that make them feel that way. You're often recruiting on social media, and I saw a job title recently titled Hospitality Manager, which presumably goes into this whole hospitality aspect of making people feel taken care of, because the role oversees the F&B functions in San Francisco. I'm wondering if you can elaborate on this role.
0: Yeah. So, you know, as we've talked about, our office experience is going to remain a huge part of our culture. It's just moving forward. We're going to be ensuring that work from home is just as intentional. And we're included in all of our planning and processes as we try and create this level playing field of experience in terms of how our employees choose to work. But when folks come in, they're going to want to collaborate. They're going to want to socialize. And we've always had a really robust food and beverage program here in San Francisco and around the world in most of our offices, actually. And so it's really important to us that we create an an amazing program so that when folks come in, they can meet and eat, we call it, or they can sit and have a coffee and chat together and ideate together and come up with all the amazing future things that you will see on Twitter and create that feeling of if you're meeting in a cafe or if you were meeting somewhere outside of Twitter because you do need to change it up it's like you said when you work from home you don't sit at your desk all day long I know that I'll go out and sit in my backyard and just take a minute to be outside or if my daughter's home I'll go hang out with her or my husband go have a chat with him and so that socialization and the change of scenery piece is so important and that's no different again creating that level playing field in the office to what you get at home when you can mix it up you can do that in the office too And so our hospitality piece is really important because we also have events in the office in the future. We'll be welcoming folks back in. The only difference will be that we will always have a virtual component to that as well. And so our hospitality manager will likely also help us think about not just the hospitality we provide in the office, but what are we doing for remote folks? How are we thinking about events? And so any role now that we have within the real estate and workplace team at Twitter We'll be thinking about that remote experience too, because we have that remit that's within our world. And Caleb, I didn't tell you, but we're actually changing our name to Work Transformation. That's the name of our group. And within that, we'll have real estate and workplace, sustainability, the food and beverage piece, but we'll also have a team dedicated to the future of work innovation. And they will be really thinking about how we move forward, looking at trends, looking at new technology, because you know. There's a bunch of smart people out there inventing all types of things that make us feel like we're together, even when we're working from different places. But that focus on thinking of the future and moving forward will be the job of everybody within my team, not just the future of work innovation folks, but our hospitality managers, our office managers, we'll all be thinking about how we move forward and create the best workplaces wherever they are.
1: Well, that's exciting. I love that you guys are focusing on the future of work innovations, and I'd love to have some offline conversation with you about that because something that's near and dear and something I'm passionate about. But in regards to bringing in this hospitality experience within the workplace, we have something called the five pillars of space as a service that we deploy with our commercial landlord clients on their assets to support their customers. And in season one of this podcast, I was interviewing the head of real estate for PwC UK And he said he would welcome a real estate company delivering this hospitality experience that they're having to deliver for their employees right now, if that hospitality experience were up to their standards. So I'm curious, I'm going to ask you the same question. Would you?
0: Well, we always have an open mind to everything. So we're always interested in anything that's new and anything that we can learn from. That said, we have a bunch of really amazing people within the real estate and workplace team, and they are Twitter employees. And so we look to nurture and really grow them and they are really in tune with the Twitter culture and everything that we're doing at Twitter, our goals and how we work. And so it would be a departure for us. We really value our in-house teams, but we're always open-minded to learn more and we might be able to also take some lessons and some expertise from them for our own teams here as well. So always open-minded, Caleb.
1: Love to hear that. (laughs) Good to hear. Well, My last question for you before we move into the quickfire round, and our audience is made up of people that are all up and down the spectrum of commercial real estate and including enterprise companies like Twitter, but there's also other companies that have smaller budgets that might not be able to provide for themselves like Twitter can. And so I'm just curious, if you have any advice to others moving to this work from anywhere policy, what would you tell them?
0: Yes. I mean, I think the most important thing is putting all the budget piece aside and thinking about something that can work for all companies. The biggest key to success is making sure that your leadership teams are on board with your policies and that they show through their actions that working from home or working from anywhere is endorsed. Because if your employees see leadership, you know, working from home or in the office sometimes, that will signal to them that that's how you work at the company. That's how we do things. And, you know, I see that our CFO and all of our leadership team all working from home and then sometimes being in the office. And that's the best way to set the standard and, you know, set how you work at a company. So I would say before you make big changes to the workplace or do all these new designs, because that stuff is all in flux, right? We're all still working out. The biggest thing that you can do to make your work from anywhere or work from home policy a success is to make sure that your execs are on board and, and that they're doing it too. And that means that will filter down across your organization.
1: Well, that's good advice. Thank you very much for sharing that. I want to move into our quick fire round. These are really quick, short answers, short questions, short answers And the first one is, who inspires you in this whole future of work and commercial real estate, future commercial real estate conversation?
0: I'll try and keep this short, but honestly, I look outside of my industry for inspiration because I'm always conscious of becoming tunnel visioned in the corporate real estate way of thinking. So I find inspiration all over the place, but cheesy but true answer, our CEO, Jack Dorsey, he's got an amazing growth mindset and he continues to encourage us to learn and evolve beyond our immediate focus. So I would say Jack. Excellent.
1: Well, great answer. All right. My next question then is uh, what podcast or media do you consume to stay up to date on the latest industry or workplace trends to challenge your thinking?
0: Easy. Twitter, of course.
1: <laughs> of course. Of course. In, in Twitter spaces that you're always hosting conversations on.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: And my last question, not work related, where is your favorite place to go to on vacation?
0: Well, I have to say now that I live in the US, and I haven't been home for two years. I'm going to give two places, London for family and friends and just the people there. It's amazing. But then Italy, because Italy has Florence and Venice, amazing food and just beauty everywhere. And it's magical. So Italy is one of my favorite places. It is magical. How about you,
1: <laughs> Yeah, no, Italy is certainly one of the top ones up there. I love going to Italy. I literally just came back from South France along the French Riviera from this past weekend. And it was as stunning as always. We're in the middle of October. Not sure when this episode is going to come out. but We're in the middle of October and I'm at a pool, you know, just swimming. And so it's fantastic. I love South France and Italy as well. But when you come to London next, let me know. I'd love to grab a coffee or pint with you.
0: Yes, let's do it. I miss the pubs, you know, so let's go to a pub.
1: Sounds good to me. Well, thank you so, so much for sharing your insights with us today. I really appreciate you coming on.
0: It's my pleasure. and keep being bold, okay?
1: Of course I will. And fortune favors the bold. Well, look, everyone, thanks for tuning in. Please connect with Tracy on Twitter, of course. I will put the link in the show notes below, but connect with Tracy there and obviously on LinkedIn and uh, looking forward to sharing more conversations with you online. Until next time, take care of yourself. As promised at the beginning of this episode, I have a holiday announcement. Next week, we have a special helper dropping by for a quick episode to wish you all the best for the new year. So be sure to subscribe and download next week's episode. Thank you for tuning in. Until next year, take care of yourself. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. And remember, fortune favors the bold. Drum roll, please. P.S. If you want to find out about future-proofing your portfolio, head over to newflex.com.
0: This episode of the Work Bolt podcast was produced by the producer Jason Allen Scott. It was edited, content created, mastered, SEO meta tagged, and many other technical things by Jeff Allen Streck social media assets and all content for this show
1: including blogs and transcripts and audiograms were created by sophia giblin from your content factory this show is made by a podcast company if you'd like to
0: find out more about our services please email jason at jsjvs.com that's jason at jsjvs.com we hope you enjoyed the show